You're listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis, the one and only podcast that discusses modern plastic surgery and leaves you looking great and feeling better. Welcome, everyone, to The Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, board-certified plastic surgeon. This week, we happen to have a very special guest with us, and I'm so glad to say that this special guest is working with me uh, almost every day at Davis Cosmetic Plastic Surgery. It's our nurse practitioner, Kayla Mateo, and she is with us today. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about has a lot to do with her background. She was uh, from the age of eight learning how uh, to paint, and she was learning classical realism and understanding how the body works, how the anatomy, and how the flow of shadows and light contribute to really making a beautiful painting. And in the case of what we're going to talk about today, how to make beautiful uh, injectables injectables happen on our faces by creating shadows and elevations in places where they should be, as opposed to some of the things that we're seeing coming into the office. And that's what's kind of sparked this podcast is to try to talk to all of you about uh, red flags that we've been seeing over the past few years now that facial fillers are becoming so popular and they're all over social media. So welcome, Kayla. Well, thank you, Dr. Davis, for introducing me and I'm honored to be on your podcast today um, and to talk about uh, how amazing injectables like Botox and filler can be when uh, placed properly. Um, They are wonderful fillers in restoring volume and creating beautiful lights and shadows. Um, I think we should steer away from kind of cookie cutter injections and focus more on assessing the patient individually. Um, So that actually brings up one of the first points that I really wanted to make sure that we talked about. And that was I know what I'm seeing when I'm seeing patients during office hours, but one of the things that I noticed on your schedule is that you're really starting to basically reduce the amount of fillers that many of your patients that are coming in have in their lips, their cheeks, and around the rest of their face. We're literally like erasing a lot of money's worth of product in order to restore a more normal appearance to the normal contour of their face. Talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing. Right. So I think, again, uh, fillers are wonderful in restoring volume and enhancing a patient's natural features. I think some of the issues that I've run into as a provider is seeing a lot of overfilled lips, which can uh, ultimately kind of distort the anatomy. Um, Some cookie-cutter type injections where there's a lot of filler in the cheek or the chin, Uh, down on bone, but maybe no uh, softer transitions. So it's not, it doesn't seem to flow as naturally as it should. And you can really start to see, especially when you do what we do for a living, you can really start to see when someone has had their injectables done in a very high level um, treatment, 
there's a flow, like you said. There's a mm-hmm. transition from one area that's elevated to an area that does need to have more of a concavity or a transition into a lower zone, but there aren't sharp step-offs. And I think when we start to see those very sharp step-offs, it, it almost, I see it a lot of times, it's creating a look that almost makes you look like a caricature of somebody with a really big chin, with the big cheeks, Mm -hmm. and there's no transition from the cheek, let's say, into the jawline. And I think that's why, as we're getting even more uh, seasoned and more experienced in using all the different fillers that are out there now, we start to realize where you should be placing different kinds of fillers. Do you see that as well? Yes. Um, I actually just wanted to bring up uh, maybe one of your patients from today who I thought you did an absolute beautiful cheek augmentation on. But what made it so phenomenal was the transition um, in kind of like the nasolabial fold and the kind of preauricular area where you used a biostimulator to help transition that cheek volume. Oh, that's nice of you to say. It is. And that's one of the things that we're talking about here is that there's a, you know, when we're talking about really doing facial sculpting and really trying to use all of the different like palette, if you will, of products that are out there, there are some that are going to be immediately known to you and to like the injector. And then there are other ones that take four to six weeks to even grow and for you to see it. So, Having an artistic background like you do, it's really helpful because you can almost see in the future what that image is going to look like. And I think that's why when Mm -hmm. patients are coming to see you, some of Kayla's before and afters are amazing when I see some of the jaw lines that you've created and some of the ways, and they look so natural that I, it really was, it sparked this type of a podcast because I just want to make sure everybody knows in no way are we trying to say that fillers are not a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's just that, and I'm sure you're going to explain the same thing that I am. I have so many new patients that say they're scared of getting fillers because they've seen their friends or family members or somebody on social media that just look ridiculous. And they think Mm -hmm. that that's what's going to happen to them as soon as they decide they're going to get some Juvederm or Restylane or something like that. I think um, fillers do get a bad rep sometimes because of those kind of cookie cutter type injections. I do think it's important, again, to assess the face as a whole and kind of consider proportions. Yeah. Um, I've really been enjoying doing uh, chin augmentations. Um, But what I think is really important is not just injecting, you know, like a Voluma or a lift down on bone, but really focusing on that chin shadow and softening that kind of mental crease so that the chin all flows together as one. Right. So if you at home are listening to this thing and you're staring in the mirror right now, like I think a lot of you may be doing, one of the things that you'll start to notice is there are really supposed to be areas where your face has more of a depression in certain areas and more of an elevation in certain areas. And a really good injector is going to be able to not only choose the proper product for the area that they're injecting, but they're also going to create that transition so that you can still elevate the cheek, let's say, but you're still going to have a descent 
into the rest mm-hmm. of the face. And I think those are the things when you're really trying to look at great before and afters, those are the things that you're really looking for, as it is in all areas of plastic surgery. A great, you know, breast augmentation or a tummy tuck mm-hmm. or something like that is supposed to be restoring more of a natural beauty or the way it's the body is really supposed to look. Right. And Kayla's the perfect person to talk about this from her artistic uh, training. Thank you. I do think I've always kind of had an artistic eye and an eye for symmetry. Um, But I also think there's beauty in asymmetry. And I think um, social media is really convinced patients that we're supposed to be perfectly symmetrical or we're not supposed to have a depression or a smile line. But it's normal to have a depression here in the nasolabial fold. So um, that's something I see a lot of. What are your thoughts on this area here? Yeah, so uh, Kayla's talking about the area of the nasolabial folds, and I I guess... filters blur it out. I know. know. Well, years ago, Mm -hmm. um, that was the first area that all of these injector companies were targeting because as we get older, probably one of the first areas that we start to notice is the lines around the mouth and around the nose area. So we're calling those nasolabial folds, but everybody knows what those laugh lines kind of look like. And those are one of the first things that people start to notice when they feel like they're getting older. Mm -hmm. So years ago, when collagen was one of the first injectable products came out, that was the FDA approval for where that product was supposed to be injected. And then similarly, as the products got more and more um, complicated, if you will, that still was the area that people were going after for an FDA approval, the companies. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we know that that nasolabial fold deepening and getting that older appearance is coming from the cheek descent. So as the cheek is falling off of your facial skeleton, we start to see more and more that nasolabial fold. So nowadays, what I see that most people would like to do is kind of get that mid-face lifting back up. And if there is still a little bit of a nasolabial fold, you can always put a small amount of product there. Mm -hmm. But I think now that we have brand new type of fillers that are available to us where they're supposed to be placed in deeper locations and some placed in more superficial locations, using that whole like palette Mm -hmm. and array of stuff that we have kind of makes it so it's as natural as possible. What do you think about that? I agree. I think now that um, I'm assessing the face as a whole... And I have a better understanding of the aging process and how our anatomy changes. Um, I like to start by restoring a little bit of cheek volume because I find that that really helps support the under eye and the smile eye. Yeah, absolutely. You're right about that. And and we even notice now that if we're putting a little bit more product in the temporal hollows, many of you that come in that have really gotten on an exercise regimen and have really watched what you're eating, some of you really start to lose weight. And one of the places that you really start to get a little bit more uh, of a weight loss is in the face. And we start to see some of these temporal hollows and it can make you look like almost you're skeletonizing, thinning out the face. That tends to be one of one of the most popular areas in my practice where we're putting a little bit more fillers and things like that in that zone just to lift up the lateral part of the brow and just give a more round or fullness to the face. The temples are probably the most underrated treatment area. I think so too. Because like you said before, if you lack volume in that area and then you have all this cheek filler, then you have that kind of step off. Right. And that really should be a, a nice transition zone. 
So nobody really comes into the office anticipating needing their temples filled. But I no. think... Uh, and especially when you start to notice that there's some hooding right. above your brows, it lift the whole brow. it'll lift the brow up without having to do a surgical procedure. So that is one of the nice things about that. Um, anything else in particular, Kayla, that you're seeing that you'd want to tell everybody about that's exciting or new or something to like look out for or things in that you're doing or anything um, like that? Lately, I've just been loving uh, lower face Botox. Um, I just think, you know, we've been treating, uh, just kind of on label the 11s, the front frontalis or the, and the crow's feet, because that's the three FDA approvals for Botox. So, you know, a lot of patients come in with a beautifully smooth forehead and then they're kind of neglecting their lower face. And as I'm watching them talk and animate, I'm honing in on that those DAOs that are pulling down right. and the chin dimpling that's going on. So I love treating a whole face with Botox and kind of sprinkling, you know, a few units in in the bunny lines or Yeah. And I think again that goes back to just how we're progressing in learning how to use all of these products in a really elegant fashion. Mm-hmm. And that's why you really do want to go to somebody like a Kayla that's really studying this. She's going to another course even tomorrow. Oh, but uh, Botox and all those neuromodulators you mm-hmm. being used in the neck, jawline, around the lower part of the face is like a nuance. That's like a new thing mm-hmm. that we're really starting to get better and better at as a plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery um, community. So if you're going in anywhere to get your Botox up on those frown lines or around your crow's feet, talk to your providers about what they think that you could do to improve maybe around the chin and the jawline using something other than just a filler and something mm-hmm. like a neuromodulator. Yeah, so targeting those depressor muscles, yeah. I find, really allows those elevators of the face to kind of work a little harder or compensate and it's like kind of you might see it on social media as like a a nefertiti neck lift correct but it correct it helps that jowling Mm -hmm. and that whole just sharpening the jawline as much as best as possible well, you've been listening to the Plastic Surgery Revolution. I had a wonderful guest today, Kayla. She's our nurse practitioner here at Davis Cosmetic Plastic Surgery. And I'll be speaking with you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Keep listening, looking great, and feeling better.